Hey to all my listeners. I know we are living in difficult times. It's been an eye-opening process during quarantine. Some people are willing to do what it takes to get life back to normal, and the others who aren't taking it serious, whether you believe in the virus, is not up to you. It's quite simple. Follow instructions, work together, and we can find peace. Now, not to get too far off track, it's hard to not bring up this subject. If you have loved ones, do it for them. Do it for the people who still have to work in this dark time. And for those who aren't getting paid, show love. Words brought to you by your favorite, A. Lou. And this is 24-8, 8 Days of Hustle in 7. Dealing with the emotions over the last weeks and months, I thought it was only right to speak about something we deal with each and every day. Love. The title of this week's podcast is, What Does Love Have to Do With It? And I have a very special guest all the way from Louisville, Kentucky, while we are quarantined. Welcome, Randy. Hello. So glad to have you speaking on this topic. This entire conversation is being recorded while we have a discussion over the speakerphone on my phone. So bear with us, please. I've known Randy for a few years now. It was an instant vibe as soon as I met her. But I'll let Randy give a background on herself. Hey, everybody. As Aaron said, my name is Randy. I'm an oncology nurse here in Kentucky, and I have a five-year-old son, Jameson. Me and Aaron have been friends for years, and we've always kind of been on the same wave. So when he asked me to do this podcast, I was super excited. We both have our views on love, and it's kind of interesting to watch the rest of the world and how they show it and what it means to them. So sit here and actually talk to you guys about, you know, ourselves and putting our vulnerabilities out there. It's going to get interesting. Let's get to it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Thank you so much, Randy, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me. I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. Now, I knew I was going to do this topic a long, long time ago, but I wanted to wait for the right time. I've been doing a lot of topic research, observing couples, friends, family, and strangers, reading love stories, and even started watching love movies. I call it tapping in. I myself have looked up many different definitions of love, and I've also asked family and friends for their definitions. A few jumped out to me, a few scared me, and a few I really connected with. Let's share some. Love is a verb. That was the first one I got. Simple yet so on point. Here are a few others. Love to me is giving someone their power to destroy you and not trust and trusting them not to. Wow. Something more important than yourself was another. Love. An unconditional language energy that can supersede death. It cannot be undone once it's given. It's the foundation of life itself. That's a good one. I think that agape love sums up the definition for me. Unconditional, without judgment, without fear, without fault, without conditions. Love is the action of unconditionally putting someone and their needs at the forefront of the decisions you make. And then here's my favorite. Love is an action word. Most people, when they speak of love, refer to how they feel, and that is okay. Love is an action word because it allows us, allows you to act in spite of how you feel. God was angry at At the world, and in spite of his anger and disappointment in mankind, he sent his only son to die on a cross for our sins, that we might be reconciled to him. 
John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him might have everlasting life. That is love. When you are able to still do and act in spite of how you feel. Like I said, feeling is good, but you can go above and beyond the feeling and still do. That's love. Now, none of these were wrong because that's what love means to them. This podcast will be a multiple series type podcast because I wanted to dive in to different to- this topic because it holds so much power. It can't be done in just one podcast. Now, I brought Randy today because I wanted to dive in to, he- to, fir- to I'm sorry, I wanted to dive in head first into love. Be vulnerable, people say. Now, Randy, did any of these definitions jump out at you? And why? And most of all, what's your definition of love? Yeah, um, if I had to choose one from above, it would be love. It's unconditional language energy that can supersede death. It cannot be undone once it's given. It's the foundation of life itself. That'd be closest to my views. But I feel like love is so much deeper than that. For me, love is the unconditional desire to care for, protect, and respect myself. And then once I have actually achieved that, then I'm able to project that self-love that I have within me onto others. Genuinely, genuinely, I can't say it, I apologize, (laughs) and unforced, (laughs) without need or expectation of um, reciprocation or gain. So when we truly love, we are thinking in the best interest of ourselves and who we are giving our sacred energy to. And sometimes that hurts. And sometimes it brings joy. So I feel like we can only really love one another once we love us. Because if we have no self-love, we really have nothing to offer someone else. You said a term in there, energy. Um, People don't realize the energy they hold when it comes to the world, especially dealing with someone else. Love is action. Love is what happens after you react to your feelings. Because of this energy you have shared with another, this energy can build a beautiful force field, but can also cause a natural disaster. That's when love shows us its dark side. We have to be careful with energy. When there is love involved, anything is possible. And that's the reality of it. As you know, there are so many books about love, so many articles about stages of love, speaking about the struggle and commitment. There are love languages, but see, all of those are important, but those are still surface. A lot of us have this idea of love in our head to sweep them off their feet, the cute meat, and that's all fine. But at some point, love is going to smack the heck out of you because you won't see it coming. Love is an action word to me. Most people say love is a feeling. Those are emotions. You're dealing with your emotions. Love takes over and makes you act. When you were sad, you find yourself doing something in result. Whether it's writing a four-page letter or building someone a house, that's love. No matter how angry you get or upset, love allows you to put all that aside because that person is no longer just a person. That person becomes your life. You put their needs in front of yours. That is why it's so hard for people to accept the rule of when, you know, they're on an airplane and they have to put the mask on themselves first before their loved ones because their instinct, their love, wants to protect their loved one before themselves. 
that's deep but true. Randy, what was your first experience of true love? Oh, man, even thinking about it makes me all giddy inside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does, I swear. But um, my first true experience of love was the instant I saw my, my son. And I know it sounds cliche, but I have really never felt that feeling ever before. And, you know, you have your instances where you're with somebody and you think you love this person and, you know, they give you the butterflies and they make you all happy. But actually seeing my child for the first time was probably the happiest moment in my entire life. And my first thought when I looked at him wasn't, oh, I love him. It was, I will die for you. Like, I love you so much that I will do anything that I need to protect you and to love you. And to this day, he comes before anybody, before all else. Um, especially with the hardships in our country that we're going through right now with the virus and quarantine and people just going berserk and Walmart stealing toilet, toilet paper, just going bananas. <laughs> like, when, I, when I'm at work, he is on my mind constantly. Like, that is the only thing. Is he okay? Is he safe? What can I do to keep him healthy? Do I need to send him to the country with my, my people, my mom? and my my family because there I know that he's safe and he's never going to want for nothing. I know I'm not going to have to fight somebody in Walmart to feed him. So that is my first true love. And, um, I mean, I can't even speak on it. Like, it, it makes me emotional because you just really have no idea how much you can love somebody until you see your own reflection come from you so yes my son like I said it's cliche but it is the God's honest truth but see I love I love that though I love your answer because people are hell bent on one type of love they try to control their love when they don't realize when it's pure love controls you their needs comes before yours. That bond grows and grows. You evolve to someone you never knew because love demanded it. And yes, and this this time we are finding what our love is truly built on in the foundation. And if we actually have love for other people and it does scare us. It shocks me to see what's going on. Like you said, whoever thought that TP would be the number one draft pick for people, but <laughs> right now it is. Um, but it's insane. That means these people weren't prepared. Um, but I just love the vulnerability of your answer, the pure energy of your answer. We avoid our feelings when all we want is to feel. That's why we love when the beat drops of our favorite song or when we wait until the last second goes off on the microwave. We love that rush. Feelings are looked at as weakness, even though embracing them shows strength. Men are told not to cry. Women are told that they're too emotional and not logical. And even though that, that holds some truth, that's fine. Being in touch with your feelings doesn't, mean, doesn't make you sensitive. It allows you to be woke. You start to see life for what it really is. Love won't always bring great feelings. Sometimes it will leave you feeling empty. The deep feeling in your gut. 
the first time you, you feel, quote unquote, heartbroken. It feel like your heart dropped in your stomach and is drowning right now. You feel like you can't live life the same way anymore. Why do we feel this way? Why are we in so much pain when no true pain was inflicted upon us? Why can't we eat? Why does darkness comfort us? See, not what most people will say is, what I thought was love wasn't real love. Guess what? That's not up to you. Just like my friend said, once you give love, you can't get it back. What does that mean? You gave that person your all. Love is a verb. Don't forget. Those actions happen. You did everything possible to keep your love alive. Just because the relationship didn't work does not mean the love was not real. Never forget that. People get love confused with the status of the relationship. You have peaceful relationships. You have abusive relationships, highly emotional relationships, and relationships that just vibe. Regardless of the status, your actions were still there. Love was still there because you stayed. You still picked up their dry cleaners, still walked their dogs. You still put their needs before yours. The love was real. Now, was it an equal balance of love? Who's to say? Most of the time, it won't be. But you can't let that affect your love. You can end a relationship if it doesn't work for you. But never stop loving. Love is pure. Love can change the world. And I think people are scared of that. Now, Randy, how did you deal with your first heartbreak? Oh, boy. Heartbreak. Vulnerability alert. Um, <laughs> uh, I felt heartbreak in so many ways throughout my life. And each one had, is different, and it's taught me different things. It's taught me how to love better. It's taught me um, how to protect myself. So... Um, the two that really stick out to me that's probably taught me the most is the relationship that I didn't have with my father, his absence, um, and also the man that tried to, I guess, take his place, and then the relationship in my 20s that I had with my son's dad. Um, so, absence of my father, that has affected me as long as I can remember, um, but it didn't really hit me until I became an adult. I guess I didn't really see the repercussions of it until I became an adult. But growing up without his dad was hard, as it is probably for any child. Um, I didn't understand how someone who helped make me could just abandon me with no thought. Just abandon your own child for drugs and, you know, just because you were selfish and didn't want to take care of them. I just I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And so... My stepdad, my mom's ex-husband, I guess tried to fill that void, but he filled that void with, you know, verbal and emotional abuse. So what I ended up doing is bringing myself in the world of basketball. I lived in the gym. I was there before school, after school, during school, uh, in the summer, on the weekends. It didn't matter if there was a goal and a ball. There didn't have to be a ball. I would find something <laughs> to shoot in the goal, but that was my safe place. So as I became an adult, um, these feelings just amplified, and I still I didn't have that outlet like I did as a kid. So whenever I would date someone, I would start to second guess myself. I would question everything. Why are they still here? Um, I know they won't be here forever. What are they trying to gain? 
like, why are they still sticking around? Because everybody before them has left. And it was very detrimental to all of my relationships that I've had. Um, just constantly second-guessing every part of that relationship. Um, and the fears of somebody leaving has turned me into a people pleaser, which isn't much better. Um, I had, in the past, no self-respect. I would do whatever I needed to do and tolerate whatever just to keep what I thought was love around, which led me to my second heartbreak. Um, and it was a relationship with my son's father. Um, it had been built on years of lies, deception, um, hurt, and pain. But the thing that kept me around was when we were good, we were really good. And I saw traits in him that I loved. And because of that, and because of fear of losing him, all that other stuff got pushed to the back burner. It's almost like I totally blocked it out, pretended it didn't exist when it was literally staring me in my face for years. Um, I was really, really naive, I guess, to it. I don't know if you'd say naive, but I was very... Mm, I wanted to be loved so bad by somebody that I just acted like everything was peaches and cream when it wasn't. And... I did not take the blinders off until I found out I was pregnant. Um, because I found out I was pregnant a few weeks after we had broken up and it was completely over. Both of us were done. I was ready to walk away. I wasn't gonna look back. It was done. I had had enough. And then to find out that I was pregnant was a blow at the time, but it was definitely a blessing in disguise um, once my son got here. Uh, there were lots of tears and begging God to take the pain away. Um, there was so much guilt. I had so much guilt for bringing a child into this world without two parents that were together. Two parents that loved each other but couldn't love each other together. And that absolutely broke my heart. Um, I begged and begged and begged God to just take the pain away. And I felt like I was just slowly drowning and no one was able to help me. No one was able to save me and, and pull me out of this. And um, one day I woke up, literally woke up out the bed and just sat there and like, why? <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? Why am I letting somebody have so much control and power over how I feel. Like, I'm, I literally have this this being, my my twin inside of my, my stomach, and I'm sitting here worried about something that I can't change. So if I have to change anything, I have to, to love me in order to love him. And that's when I really started to work on myself and stop being a people pleaser and start loving me. And I feel like, if I wouldn't have woke up that day and really started working on myself when I did, I don't think my child would be who he is today. I really feel like I, there was so much pain at the beginning of my pregnancy that when I was just had opened up and opened my eyes to see what it really was and started to really change, it changed him as well. It might sound crazy, but 
that connection is there. And even to this day, like, we have this unspoken language between us that is just so strong. And I feel like it's because I've, I made that commitment to change, not just for myself, but for him as well. And um, it's something that even five years later, he's five now, that I'm still working on and, and trying to perfect, which you can't love yourself perfectly. Everybody's going to have their days where, you know, you just, you're not nice to yourself. But as long as we can acknowledge that and put forth the effort, the, the same type of effort that we would put forth to someone else, if we can put forth that to ourselves first, you know, you can do anything and you can love anybody and you can get that that need that we need as humans, that love, and it'll be reciprocated from another person. But if you don't do the work within you first, the hard work, because that's the hardest part of it, then it's not going to happen. So I feel like that my heartbreak actually led me to an epiphany <laughs> with myself. And with without that heartbreak of both, you know, my father figures and my child's dad I wouldn't be who I am today and really coming to light on everything has actually helped me not be bitter it's helped me forgive my my dad my stepdad and Jameson's dad I'm to the point where I forgive them there's no hard feelings no animosity no like I wish nothing but the best for these people and I feel like I wouldn't be able to really embrace that and and do that and give that energy to them even though they don't know I'm giving it to them I am pouring energy into them because I don't want that hurt on my heart and I know they are hurting because people hurt people when they're hurt like that's just what it is so if I can just send them vibes and energy to help them heal as well I mean at the end of the day that's really all we can do and that's the only way that this world is going to turn and get better is if everybody can just love them and then project it on everybody else. I mean, that's it. I mean, I had a whole thing ready to respond to your first part, but <laughs> you answered all of it. <laughs> I mean, a heartbreak shifts the ground beneath us. You know, I'm and I'm sorry to hear about the heartbreak of your father. What people don't realize is what we go through influences how we love. That's why you hear about love languages. People are no different than life itself. There are lessons to be learned by everything and everyone. You have to be willing to put in the work to find out how someone truly needs to be loved. Our hurt, our pain, everybody has a dark side. Some of us even find comfort in it. Others try to ignore it. What the people don't realize is you don't need someone else to be the light to your darkness. We first have to find the light ourselves. Just like Randy said, we have to love ourselves first. We have to love ourselves first to understand how to share the light with someone else. If we depend on someone else, the love will always be temporary. Because the moment you go out of the darkness, you will no longer need them. And you may never get out of the darkness, which forces that person to want to leave and find the light elsewhere. And although that must 
that caused a lot of pain. It's, that's just the truth. Now, you all knew I was going to bring, going to come with biblical heat because I've been studying the Bible so heavy. And I even spoke about it earlier, which was John 3.16. For God, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God had so much love for the world, even though they disobeyed him, even though they hurt him so bad, even though they didn't deserve it, but he still forgave them. That he gave his only son, his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. A second chance, a new beginning. That's love, real love. That bounce back, that's deep, powerful. I'm sitting here trembling just speaking about it because I know the feeling of being disappointed, being hurt. When someone you love so much hurts you so bad, even though you did nothing but show them love with comfort, with protection. I know a few of you have been hurt beyond repair, and that's okay because you're afraid you may never be the same. You are afraid you may, love, you may never love again. This is why the opposite of love is hate. When we give our all and someone can still treat us so bad. But don't let their lack of love destroy yours. See, their love is a reflection of how they feel of their emotions. Some people have no control of their emotions. Some people have an, inter- an internal battle going on. And their love is driven by hate and anger. It's damaged love because their actions are no longer pure. Love is unconditional. Love should never make someone feel inadequate. People nowadays are so lost. They're looking for love inside of magazines, on TV, all the wrong places. All you have to do is look within. The first step of love is loving yourself. You'll never know how to be loved or even love someone else if you don't love yourself first. Love sets you free because it allows you to set pride aside, all all selfish acts aside. Love humbles you. Love gives you the chance to act, to be there for someone when they don't know how to be there for themselves. Love has become the bad guy, though. That's impossible. It's getting wrongfully blamed. The person who is claiming they have love, but their actions aren't pure, they're the bad guy. They're holding love hostage. Love takes all the heat. Whether it's a good or bad relationship, love gets all the blame. People have to take responsibility of their actions to stop blaming love. Their relationship didn't work out because there wasn't a balance of love. Randy, do you think people will ever truly reach a balance of love? Why is it so hard to have that balance? Uh Um... I feel like you can only balance love when you love yourself. Um, When the love that you share comes from deep within you, the moment you love you is the moment you no longer let the weight of your love teeter. So you don't let it depend on anybody but you. Uh, Love is hard to balance uh, when one places their love in the hands of another. We give so much power to other people. We give them full access and control to our sacred energy because that's what love is, the sacred energy. Um, That's why people get heartbroken. Now, I'm not saying love doesn't hurt and people, you know, don't get heartbroken because we do. And we all know that. We've all gone through it. 
and I mean it's it's almost unavoidable at times but love is like life it's a learning and feeling process and when we love when we learn to protect and respect and love ourselves we vibrate so much higher which in return attracts what's meant for us so we find someone that's equally yoked uh, when that love balances out so when we take control of us and that energy within us and we're able to to determine, you know, hey, this person deserves this and I want to give them this and I am able to to do that for them and they are able to do that for me, that's when your love will balance out. But for those folks who, you know, just aren't quite ready, they haven't done the work within themselves to be able to to pull that energy out and give it to somebody else, that's when love gets balanced and unbalanced. And that's when people get heartbroken. And that's when they feel like they've been used and abused and this, that, and other. You have to know your self-worth. And you have to know what you are willing to give in order to get what you want. And you have to, you know, be honest with yourself and know when somebody else isn't giving you, you know, that that balance when they aren't giving you everything that they can and some people aren't able to give you that and some people aren't ready to give you that but it's up to us to to accept or deny that so I think that's where where your love becomes a balance is is when we're able to really be honest with ourselves whether it hurts or you know it's it's wonderful when we are able to determine hey I have this this energy, these vibrations to give to this person and they are reciprocating that and they're able to give that back to me. That's whenever, you know, that flip kind of that switch kind of flips a little bit and we're able to to really sit back and, and enjoy what the true meaning of love really is. So I can't follow that up. <laughs> so well spoken. You said it. You first have to love yourself, flaws and all appreciate what you've been through and appreciate who you are now it's tough almost impossible there will be a struggle but to have someone else's love the power to share someone else's energy you have to be ready for that it has to be self-acknowledgement on both sides that's where the balance comes from being being honest with oneself embracing the energy surrounding you processing the energy and st- still being able to send out your own frequency. Now, after reading so many amazing love stories, watching incredible movies, and observing real-life relationships, it's crazy to see the connection. I call it I call it the spark. I love the spark. When you see why or how these two people fall in love, it's hard to explain. It's a cross between mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual connection. They meet at a crossroad, and when you see it, you get butterflies yourself. Now, the reality of it all it is: was the spark actually enough? You can't weigh a relationship off just one thing. Your love won't last just off the spark. You have to build off the spark. Love will grow as long as you all will grow, but love can also subside if you allow it to. You will never stop loving someone. But you can move on in life without their love because their love wasn't the love your soul was desiring. They were needed in your journey and 
you were in my life for, you know, a reason or a season, which is one of my favorite phrases. That's what's so beautiful about life. There's so much love in it, so much to go around. You should never you should never settle for just the spark. Look at it like this. Let's say your love was an old beat down car and you spent your years building on it. And then finally, the pieces came together. You put the key in the ignition. You get the spark of the engine, but it never truly starts. You had that initial excitement. Oh, you had the jitterbugs that you were finally getting what you wanted for all these years just to have a car that won't even start. The spark is magical, a beautiful thing to see, but you can't expect to invest your love into something that will never work. Randy, do you think the spark could lead into something real? Absolutely. Um, I think the spark could lead to a beautiful relationship, but the thing with the spark is it's just that. It's at that time, in that moment, and it may linger for a little bit, but there has to come a time where you you can decipher between love and lust. And I think sometimes people people can't do that. Um, they think, oh, this is great right here and now. This is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody does something they don't like or they see something else or they just get bored and they stop putting in the work. They stop putting in the effort and the time to make something work. You can have a spark, and the smart spark may grow into, you know, a full-blown fire, and somebody's madly in love, but for anything to work, love, there's there's effort. Love just doesn't happen overnight, and then nobody puts in work and effort, and, you know, it just it just happens, and there's, there's nothing, you know, that, I don't know how to... Basically, it just takes time and effort. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. It takes doing things that you just don't want to do, that you know that you, you need to do. It takes learning a person and, and learning a language and understanding how they need to be loved and and communicating how you need to be loved in return. So, yes, I think the spark can, can start something that will last for a long time. But if you don't add gas to the flame, it all is going to be as a spark. So, you have to be vulnerable, and you have to um, sacrifice, and give the power to build within yourself, to give on, to give to another, to really build a great relationship. I completely agree. I do believe vulnerability is where most people find themselves struggle. It's not easy, you know, to disclose all of you, to be able to tear down all your walls, and put it all out there. Because we spent our whole life protecting ourselves. Now our love wants to let someone else in. Now it's up to us to open that door. Now, Randy, I want to let you wrap up this discussion. Um, Do you believe love is something everyone will experience? How do you view love as a whole? And what are your takeaways from love? And give any insight you think others should hear. Um. Do you want the honest answer? As much as we would all love the fairy tale ending, the white picket fence, kids and the dog, I just don't believe that love is something everyone will experience. Um, they might experience something similar, but I just don't think it's in the cards for everybody because a lot of people aren't willing to sacrifice and put in the work that it takes 
acts of love is it's not simple. It shouldn't be hard, but it's not simple. It takes effort. Um, and also, a lot of people out there they just don't love themselves, and hell, they don't even like they don't like themselves. And I know it's repetitive. I'm constantly talking about self love, but that's the base. That's the groundwork of being able to give love and accept love. Um, and if you don't have the basic framework within you, you can't build can't build a house without a frame. And so, no, I don't think that everybody will experience love in their lifetime, and it's heartbreaking. So, but I mean, we we all know what we need to do to get that. It's just, do we want to put in that type of work? Um, but I do think love as a whole is a beautiful thing. It's a basic human need that we all yearn for, that we strive for, that we hope to one day experience. Um, love can be glorious and heartwarming, but it can also be painful and heartbreaking. It takes work, and some people aren't willing. Um, and it's not something that's just going to be handed to them. So if you can take away anything from what we've talked about today is sit down and evaluate who you are as a person, who you are minus everybody else. Take everybody out of the equation who you feel defines you as a person. Take their their thoughts of you. Take everything away because they don't define you. They do not make you relevant. They, they, they are nobody until you are able to love yourself. And once you put in the work, you search within you to figure out, hey, what do I need to do to work on me so that I can project everything in me to everyone else? And those people who you do value their opinion and how they feel and how you how they think about you, then you can you can project that to them and then worry about like what you need to do to know that they feel loved by you. And I think that's really where we all struggle from, is that we just, it's a scary thing. It's scary to not put the thoughts of others in correlation to what we think about ourselves. But if we can do that, it'll be so much easier to cope, not just with yourself, but with anything that, that comes your way, whether it's heartbreak or a big decision, if you know within you who you are, that's going to do a lot more for you than just, you know, finding love with somebody. That's going to that's gonna bring all, open all kinds of doors and all kinds of opportunities. Your vibrations are going to skyrocket through the roof. Things are just going to start coming to you. Everything that's meant for you is going to come to you when you open up and let, let yourself be known. So I feel like if we can take away anything today, it's just, Learn who you are as a person. I agree. I mean, everything you said, um, that self-love is so important. And I do agree, not everyone will experience love. Some people have what I call blockers that won't allow them to receive or even give love. Um, People have to stop trying to force love, force a connection. They want a love story that has already been written. You have to realize that people experience different love stories, Yours may not end with the family. You can't expect a movie magic love story or a love story out of a notebook. Once you're able to embrace your feelings and step outside of your expectations, then you'll be able to accept the love that was meant for you. 
Now I want to thank Randy for joining us today. And I want to thank you all for dealing with the craziness of the quarantine. And you may hear some crazy background noises because we're all stuck in our houses right now. But that's just what it is. As long as we work together and, you know, we all show love to each other, then we'll get through this together. Um, This topic really allowed Randy especially to be vulnerable, and I'm so glad she joined me today. Thank you, Randy. So, Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting my voice be heard. Oh, man, I knew. I mean, you're probably one of my... uh, smartest people that I know, but I think people just, you know, limit, you know, intelligence to book smart. You are life smart, energy smart, spiritual smart, and you just get what life is. So I appreciate you, you know, letting your knowledge out there and people need to hear it. Um, And everybody out there, you guys know my mantra, which, you know, say it with me, which is sage, sacrifice, achieve, grow, exceed. I'm Alu. You all met Randy, and this is 24-8, eight days of hustle in seven.